Morabai. Good morning. I'm Judith Lay and this is Praise, the programme that connects faith and daily life. Manx Radio. On the programme today, bravery at the beach mission and being a minister and a mother. And our music today is from Catherine Jenkins. Here she is with Bryn Turfel. Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing, praise for the morning, praise for them springing, fresh from the The rain's new fall, sunlit from heaven, like the first dew fall on the first grass. Praise for the sweetness of the wet garden, sprung in complete. featuring Catherine Jenkins and Bryn Turfel, and there'll be more music from Catherine later in the programme. Over 140 years ago, Mary Sumner founded the Mother's Union in the Hampshire village where she lived with her husband, who at that time was the local vicar. It was watching her eldest daughter raising her young family that encouraged Mary Sumner to invite local mothers to form a group to support each other in two basic aims – 
to be a good example to their children and to keep prayer at the centre of family life. For the first nine years, it all remained quite low-key. But then Mary Sumner addressed the 1885 National Church Congress and the Mother's Union literally took off. Within a year, it was operating on four continents and by the turn of the century, it had nearly 200,000 members. Today, Mother's Union is the largest worldwide Anglican organisation with over 4 million members in 84 countries continuing to support marriage and family life in all its forms through a variety of community development projects. And the life and achievements of Mary Sumner are celebrated by Mother's Union members everywhere on Founders' Day, August the 9th, each year. Mother's Union members here on the island gathered at Kirk Andreas on Friday evening for their Founders' Day celebration, led by their chaplain, Father Ben Bradshaw, at which Reverend Canon Janice Ward... Vicar of Moran and Baldwin, was the guest preacher. Her invitation came from Mother's Union Diocesan President Gail Eagles, who also chose the theme, as Janice now explains. When Gail asked me to give this address on the theme of being a mother and being ordained, I thought what a great idea it would be to ask my children for their opinions. I really should have known better. But I said to them, and they happened to both be together at the time, what is the best thing about having a mother who's a vicar? They didn't have to think long before they came out with what I hope was only a witty reply. Well, we got a bigger house to live in and you're too busy to notice when we're misbehaving. (laughs) This was not quite the ringing endorsement of my parenting and ministry that I had hoped for, but I guess I probably asked for it. So I pondered a little more, and I prayed a little more about what to say to you. And two words repeatedly came back to me, privilege and responsibility. And they seemed to sum up how I feel is the nature of my dual role as mother and minister. As young newlyweds, my husband Dave and I took for granted that we would have the privilege of being parents. And it was indeed that we were blessed with our daughter Cheryl and a few years later, our son Nick, both now grown up. But as we drove away from the maternity hospital with newborn baby Cheryl tucked safely in her carry cot that was in turn strapped securely in the back of the car, the enormity of what had happened really hit us. We had a new life in our hands and it was up to us to nurture that life. And as a mother... I would have a special role to play, chief childminder and role model. It was definitely one of life's wow moments. I would be the greatest influence on my children's lives for better or worse. And it wasn't long before I was made aware of how fortunate we were to be granted that gift of new life and to be a mother. One of our dearest neighbours 
as well at the time, had a disabled son. He, alas, as he grew into adulthood, caused them much heartache by his somewhat antisocial behaviour as he struggled to come to terms with his disability, no matter how much they tried to help him. Another family in the village had a daughter who died suddenly as a teenager from an undiagnosed heart condition. She simply went to bed one night and didn't wake up. And yet another family had a daughter who suffered from a form of anorexia. In comparison, I have had the joy of watching my babies grow, helping them make key decisions in their lives, and being there to celebrate the highs and to commiserate in the lows. And this is an ongoing privilege, the sharing and influencing of a life that you've brought into being. But it is perhaps one that we do take for granted. And what of the privilege of being an ordained minister? Well, for any Christian, there are a myriad of privileges that are granted to us by God. First and foremost, the gift of life itself. And then in the New Testament, Jesus' resurrection, meaning that we are granted forgiveness of sins and eternal life. No distinction between us. All are one before our Lord God. We are heirs of the kingdom of heaven. And still the privilege keep on coming, for we are invited to join in Jesus' ministry by spreading the gospel by our word and deed. And in addition to all of those privileges which any faithful Christian can share in, I have the added joy of being an ordained minister. To proclaim the gospel, to journey alongside people in the ups and downs of life, to officiate at the significant moments of life, baptisms, marriages, and perhaps most of all, at funerals. And then the joy of presiding at the Eucharist, and most especially, to pronounce God's blessing, is the greatest privilege, as far as I'm concerned, of being an ordained minister. It is when I feel the closest to God, and almost feel the power of God coming through me. But I've always believed that of the manifold privileges that we are given by God, we have to set those alongside the responsibilities that inevitably accompany those privileges. And that's especially true of motherhood and ministry. We realized that we had to be parents 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for the rest of our lives. Now, as a mother, I can only watch from the sidelines and continue to offer my advice, my love, and my unconditional support. And it breaks my heart when I hear of family divisions where relationships have broken down because the children aren't doing what the parents think they ought to. But it also helps me to understand how God feels about us. God loves us and yearns for us to have the most fulfilling lives, just the things that we want for our children. God offers us guidance, encouragement, and rebuke as may be necessary 
just as we do to our offspring. But God never forces his will upon us. And I believe that I shouldn't force my will upon my children either. This is perhaps the most amazing thing, which is an important element, not just in my life as a mother, but also as an ordained minister. To remember and realize that God doesn't force anyone to do anything, and neither can nor should we. Although the duties of ordained ministry have become ever more complex in recent decades, our core role remains to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and to mediate between God and the people that we're called to serve. As a vicar, I am to reflect God's love and care for all the people in my parish and beyond, as may be necessary, to guide them into Christ-like living and to offer comfort and support along the journey of daily life. Just as God doesn't force his will upon anyone, neither do I. As an ordained minister, I do my utmost to order my life to be a visible role model of Christian living, doing my best to practice what I preach. There are times when this goes wrong, Apologies are necessary, and prayer for reconciliation and forgiveness to follow. But in essence, it is the responsibility of an ordained minister to walk humbly with God and encourage others to do the same. I wonder what Mary Sumner, whom we honour today, would consider to have been the key natures of her role as mother and minister's wife. We know from the founding of the Mother's Union that faith and family were obviously hugely important to her. She must also have been, though, a woman of great perseverance and determination. Perhaps looking to her example, I can add them to my key words, privilege and responsibility, perseverance and determination. As Christians, and especially as Mother Union members, these are gifts and qualities that we all can share in. And as we think of our own lives, we can all participate in the role of nurture and ministry. God calls us each in our own way, and no one way is better than another. But perhaps, actually, the best way to sum up a role as mother and minister is in the words of the hymn Make me a channel of your peace Make me a channel of your peace Where there is hatred let me bring your love Where there is injury your pardon
Music from Catherine Jenkins and before that, Reverend Canon Janice Ward was speaking about being a mother and being an ordained minister. It was the address she gave in Kirk Andreas on Friday evening at the service celebrating the life of Mother's Union founder Mary Sumner. The very popular beach missions in Peel and Port St Mary have just finished for another year, thanks to everyone who gave up their free time in order to make these holiday clubs possible. The Port St Mary Beach Mission is run by David and Evelyn Stewart and volunteers from Scripture Union Scotland working in partnership with the local Scripture Union staff and volunteers. Scripture Union is a charity aiming to bring faith within reach of every child and young person, supporting their holistic development while continually encouraging them to come to their own conclusions. A couple of days ago, I went down to Port St Mary to meet two of the local Scripture Union staff team, husband and wife John and Ali Taylor. Ali looks after all the curriculum programmes offered to primary schools, and John is involved in out-of-school clubs and residential courses. But as you're going to find out, all that is set to change. Both have a huge commitment to the beach mission. In fact, Ali was brought to her first beach mission from home in Scotland by her parents David and Evelyn Stewart when she was just six months old and she hasn't missed a single year since. 
So I've come every year of my life. I haven't missed one yet. And it is just something that is so much a part of my life, but that I have made the decision to keep on coming back as, as an adult. So it has been something different as an adult to choose to come myself, I think. I always thought the Isle of Man was a very sunny place. It never, ever rained during Beach Mission when I was a child. And it wasn't until the first year I came in the winter that I realised that sometimes it's not the sunniest. <laughs> but yeah, so it was always lovely. I remember being around the port was just uh, beautiful. And the friends that I made, it was always the same people that I met each year. And meeting the team, I have very clear memory from when I was 11 of a story that Jay Matheson told where he got himself out of chains and kind of likened that into Jesus helping us get out of chains. And that's got a really clear memory of mine, a really big impact that had on my life. John, tell me your story. Have you had a long association with Beach Mission? I came over to the Isle of Man just having finished high school and God had been speaking to me for about four or five years prior to that. My experience at school was always just to be really bold with my faith. And so people knew I was a Christian. I went to school in Chester and I went to a Church of England high school. So nobody laughed at me or picked on me because I had a faith. But most of them came from a family who had gone to church, but weren't really involved in the church themselves anymore. And so I felt it was really important for me to still be shining as an example of what Jesus would be like to the people around me and as they began to grow up and change and make different life choices to me it became more and more clear and I think unavoidable for people to notice that I was living differently to how many of them were living and for me that was I think a bit of a calling but I also had a few close friends at school who were Christians and so we would be able to support each other. I encountered the wonderful Alex Brown at a youth event in Chester where I'm from um, he was our guest speaker and ever since then I just had this knowledge that I needed to come to the Isle of Man for a gap year and one gap year turned into two gap years, turned into another three years of degree and I tried really hard to avoid doing beach mission because I wanted to go home and see my family and my friends in Chester but then after three years I ended up doing the beach mission partially because I started dating Ali and partially because I felt if I'm going to be here for another three or four years I really need to get involved with this and see what's happening. So this is my fourth year on team. <laughs> You were saying, what, you've got nearly 400 young people signed up this year, Ali? Yes, I think it's about 380. You do make it as flexible as possible. People don't have to commit to the whole fortnight. I think this makes it quite attractive, doesn't it? Yes, I think it does. Children can come to one session, they can come to one session a day, or they can come to every single session. It's completely up to them and their families how much they come to. Do you find that it's children from churches who come, or children from non-church backgrounds, or, or a big mix? It's definitely a mix. Some of the children put down that, that they go to a church the rest of the year a lot of them don't put that down a lot of the children who come their parents came or their grandparents came and a lot of them this is something that's completely new for them so there is a real mix but that mix hasn't really changed very much over the years it has been quite similar in my time anyway for the past kind of 30 years before that we got a lot of holiday makers but now it's uh, a lot of locals but people come in as far away as uh, Andreas as well even on the island. So John I can well understand that you would resist getting involved because you'd want to go back and be with with friends and family what do you like about it? I really like getting the opportunity to talk to groups of young people and children, tell them about Jesus and about everything that he's done for them. I remember coming to similar things when I was a kid and the impact that I had on my life was so massive and I just love being able to do the same thing for other young people and seeing particularly young people that I worked with now coming onto the team it's just incredible and seeing how they've grown and developed over the years and especially those kids that do come back year after year 
seeing the development and the growth in them is just amazing. We've just had a session this afternoon where we were talking about Jesus and how he fulfills everything that's in the Old Testament. And we had some kids who've been coming for years who wanted to know more about Jesus and wanted to take home a Bible so that they could read more about it for themselves after the mission's finished, which was really, really good. And we have a real mixture of activities and things where we learn more about Jesus and about the Bible, but we try to do those things in a really fun way as well. You also have some sessions for adults. You have sessions for older teens. There are even sessions for young babies and for their parents and carers. So you really do cater for everyone, don't you? Yes, so we have Jelly Tots, which uh, is the kind of zero to threes group, which is a kind of parent, carer and toddler group. And uh, I've been running a group called All Sorts this year for the first time in the afternoons, which is a space for parents who either have children activities um, or who have younger children um, or even people who just want to have some involvement with Beach Mission can come along, get some refreshments, have some space or have a chance to chat with some team members, browse a bookstall, do some colouring, whatever they would like to do and just a chance for them to see and be a part of Beach Mission in that way. It is a wonderfully inclusive event. Let's talk about you. You're both preparing to leave the island. Tell me what the future holds for you, John. At the moment, we have really no idea. So we're moving in with Ali's family and we're going to be living with them for a little while and just seeing where God leads us next. Currently, neither of us have any set plans, so we're really just open to wherever God is going to lead us into next. You must have a real sense, Ali, that that this is what you need to do, that you need to to be completely free. Yeah, I think for me in particular, um, I've been working with SUMT for the past four years and I've absolutely loved my job. But I feel that I'm getting to the point where I could do my job without relying on God and I don't want to get to that point. And so it felt like the really right time to move on to something new and to see where God was leading us to. So clearly what you are expecting is for God to lift you out of that comfort zone. (laughs) Yes, and that's a scary thing to say, I think. Um, But I think it's a good place to be in to have to rely on God for our needs and for the things that we're doing. So it just really felt like it was the right time to change what I was doing. And that felt right to move away from it. We could have decided that it was right to stay, but to change what we were doing. But it it felt like the right time to to move away. John, do you feel like you're doing a brave thing? (laughs) I think it is definitely very brave and it has required a lot of courage I think on our part and a lot of determination that whenever people ask us to keep saying no we don't know exactly what it is we're going to be doing but we trust God my life experience and Ali's life experience has always taught us that when we rely on God things go well when we trust him things work out better than they would have if we tried to do it ourselves in our own way to start with Courageous, trusting words from husband and wife John and Ali Taylor we wish them well as they prepare to leave the island And that's all that we've time for on Praise today. Don't forget to take a look at the Praise blog where you'll find today's notice board. Just go to manxradio.com, on the homepage, click on air and on the drop-down menu, follow the link for blogs. Thank you for listening to this week's Praise podcast. There's a new Praise podcast available every Sunday morning. You can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify via the Manx Radio smartphone app or at manxradio.com. So, till we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for your company, and I wish you, and those you love, every blessing in the days ahead. Mm